Happy Sunday, everybody. Welcome back to another episode. This episode's going to be a little bit different from others. Um, in light of Black History Month, we wanted to dedicate the episode to black history. And we want to educate you guys a little bit, talk about the Black Lives Matter movement. Um, but the reason I'm talking right now is to just tell you guys that I have found audio of uh, Martin Luther King's I Have a Dream speech. Um, and so if you guys haven't heard of it, amazing. If you have heard of it, I'm sure you guys wouldn't mind listening to it again. So yeah, just enjoy this speech. It's about 15 minutes long. And right after the speech uh, ends, the episode will start. Enjoy, you guys. I have the pleasure to present to you Dr. Martin Luther King, Jr. I am happy to join with you today in what will go down in history as the greatest demonstration for freedom in the history of our nation. Five score years ago, a great American in whose symbolic shadow we stand today signed the Emancipation Proclamation. This momentous decree came as a great beacon light of hope to millions of Negro slaves who had been seared in the flames of withering injustice. It came as a joyous daybreak to end the long night of their captivity. But 100 years later, the Negro still is not free. 100 years later, the life of the Negro is still sadly crippled by the manacles of segregation and the chains of discrimination. 100 years later, the Negro lives on a lonely island of poverty in the midst of a vast ocean of material prosperity. 100 years later, The Negro is still languished in the corners of American society and finds himself in exile in his own land. And so we've come here today to dramatize a shameful condition. In a sense, we've come to our nation's capital to cash a check. When the architects of our republic wrote the magnificent words of the Constitution and the Declaration of Independence. They were signing a promissory note to which every American was to fall heir. This note was a promise that all men, yes, black men as well as white men, would be guaranteed the unalienable rights of life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. It is obvious today 
that America has defaulted on this promissory note insofar as her citizens of color are concerned. Instead of honoring this sacred obligation, America has given the Negro people a bad check, a check which has come back marked insufficient funds. But we refuse to believe that the Bank of Justice is bankrupt. We refuse to believe that there are insufficient funds in the great vaults of opportunity of this nation. And so we've come to cash this check, a check that will give us upon demand the riches of freedom and the security of justice. We have also come to this hallowed spot to remind America of the fierce urgency of now. This is no time to engage in the luxury of cooling off or to take the tranquilizing drug of gradualism. Now is the time to make real the promises of democracy. Now is the time to rise from the dark and desolate valley of segregation to the sunlit path of racial justice. Now is the time to lift our nation from the quicksands of racial injustice to the solid rock of brotherhood. Now is the time. make justice a reality for all of God's children. It would be fatal for the nation to overlook the urgency of the moment. This sweltering summer of the Negro's legitimate discontent will not pass until that is an invigorating autumn of freedom and equality. 1963 is not an end, but a beginning. Those who hoped that the Negro needed to blow off steam and will now be content will have a rude awakening if the nation returns to business as usual. neither rest nor tranquility in America until the Negro has granted his citizenship rights. The whirlwinds of revolt will continue to shake the foundations of our nation until the bright day of justice emerges. But that is something that I must say to my people who stand on the warm threshold which leads into the palace of justice. In the process of gaining our rightful place, we must not be guilty of wrongful deeds. Let us not seek to satisfy our thirst for freedom by drinking from the cup of bitterness and hatred.
50 and discipline. We must not allow our creative protest to degenerate into physical violence. Again and again, we must rise to the majestic heights of meeting physical force with soul force. The marvelous new militancy which has engulfed the Negro community must not lead us to a distrust of all white people. For many of our white brothers, as evidenced by their presence here today, have come to realize that their destiny is satisfied as long as a Negro in Mississippi cannot vote and a Negro in New York believes he has nothing for which to vote. No, no, we are not satisfied and we will not be satisfied until justice rolls down like waters and righteousness like a mighty stream. not my unmindful that some of you have come here out of great trials and tribulations. Some of you have come fresh from narrow jail cells. Some of you have come from areas where your quest for freedom left you battered by the storms of persecution. And staggered by the winds of police brutality. You have been the veterans of creative suffering. Continue to work with the faith that unearned suffering is redemptive. Go back to Mississippi. Go back to Alabama. Go back to South Carolina. Go back to Georgia. Go back to Louisiana. Go back to the slums and ghettos of our northern cities, knowing that somehow this situation can and will be changed. Let us not wallow in the valley of despair. I say to you today, my friends, so even though we face the difficulties of today and tomorrow. I still have a dream. It is a dream deeply rooted in the American dream. 
I have a dream that one day this nation will rise up and live out the true meaning of its creed. We hold these truths to be self-evident that all men are created equal. I have a dream that one day on the red hills of Georgia, the sons of former slaves and the sons of former slave owners will be able to sit down together at the table of brotherhood. I have a dream that one day even the state of Mississippi, a state sweltering with the heat of injustice, sweltering with the heat of oppression, will be transformed into an oasis of freedom and justice. I have a dream that my four little children will one day live in a nation where they will not be judged by the color of their skin, but by the content of their character. I have a dream today. a dream that one day down in Alabama with its vicious racist, with its governor having his lips dripping with the words of interposition and nullification, one day right there in Alabama little black boys and black girls will be able to join hands with little white boys and white girls as sisters and brothers. I have a dream today. dream that one day every valley shall be exalted and every hill and mountain shall be made low the rough places will be made plain and the crooked places will be made straight and the glory of the Lord shall be revealed and all flesh shall see it together this is our hope this is a faith that I go back to the south with with this faith we will be able to hew out of the mountain of despair a stone of hope with this faith, we will be able to transform the jangling discords of our nation into a beautiful symphony of brotherhood. With this faith, we will be able to work together, to pray together, to struggle together, to go to jail together, to stand up for freedom together, knowing that we will be free one day. This will be the day. This will be the day when all of God's children will be able to sing with new meaning, my country tears of thee. Sweet land of liberty of thee I sing. Land where my fathers died, land of the pilgrim's pride. From every mountainside, let freedom ring. And if America is to be a great nation, this must become true. And so let freedom ring. From the prodigious hilltops of New Hampshire, let freedom ring. From the mighty mountains of New York, let freedom ring. From the heightening Alleghenies of Pennsylvania, let freedom ring. From the snow-capped Rockies of Colorado, let freedom ring. From the curvaceous slopes of California. But not only that, 
Let freedom ring from Stone Mountain of Georgia. Let freedom ring from Lookout Mountain of Tennessee. Let freedom ring from every hill and mole hill of Mississippi, from every mountainside. Let freedom ring, and when this happens, when we allow freedom ring, when we let it ring from every village and every hamlet, from every state and every city, we will be able to speed up that day when all of God's children, black men and white men, Jews and Gentiles, Protestants and Catholics, will be able to join hands and sing in the words of the old Negro spiritual, free at last, free at last, thank God Almighty, we are free at last. to the Rising Rain Podcast with Nathan and Sterling. Make sure to like, share, and subscribe. Welcome back to the Rising Rain Podcast with your host, Nathan and Sterling, special guest, Azu. So, uh, how was everybody's Valentine's Day? Sterling. <laughs> Sterling. You go first, Sterling. <laughs> oh. uh, it gets funnier and funnier every time. I'm going to quit. I'm going to quit. So, uh, who is your Valentine? Me, myself, and I. And? And? Okay, we know who you're talking about. It's all good. You don't have to say it. Azubike, <laughs> uh, how was your Valentine's Day? You know, my Valentine's Day was just out of this world. Fantastic. Uh, went to Canmore mm-hmm. uh, with my with my girlfriend. And, um, and she made me a ridiculous amount of cookies. Okay, listen. I, like... I like cookies. That's right? love, though. That's just what it is. But like, she made like a good like thirty. Hey. Now, <laughs> two things can happen from this, right? Other, one is like I could have cookies for a few days, which is just not healthy. That's like, like one, like imagine having like, like three cookies a day. Don't need for to a imagine. Good week and a half. That could be bad. That's called Christmas, man. But is you know, and then but option number two. What if I eat them all in one sitting? That's even worse. And I'll tell you right what now. What kind of bro, cookies were like... they? Okay, get this. All right, they are snickerdoodles first of all, but they're Ooh. white chocolate chai snickerdoodles. Dude, get she... off me! Is that your favorite type of cookie? It is now. That's fair. Damn. That's got to yo. Nathan, what's your yeah, favorite type of cookie? Oh. Cookies, dude, are my weak spot. I could be like trying to be staying away from sugar and stuff, but if somebody like dangles a cookie in front of my face, I'm taking a bite. <laughs> <laughs> taking a big bite. 
Wait, wait, wait. To make it easier, to make it easier, top three cookies for you. Mm. Top three? Oh, my goodness. Give mm. me a top three. Okay. At third, just, you know, your chocolate chip. Okay. It's got to be All soft, right. though. It's got to be soft and like it's like it's like a Subway chocolate chip. Okay. You know, I like good. that. Um, Shortbread cookies can go die in a hole. They can all burn in a fire. I thought that was number two. No. Shortbread. As his face, he wasn't ready for that. Shortbread cookies Holy. can be sacrificed to the devil. I could care less about <laughs> shortbread cookies. But at my number two, I'm gonna I'm I'm gonna have to go with uh, white chip macadamia nut. Oh, mm. Those are delicious. Okay. Now be number, careful number, here. Number one is is hard. Number one's really really hard, because be careful. There's so many cookies out there, and if you guys might be expecting oh like double chocolate and no 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 no. Okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't think you guys are gonna like this one though. <laughs> oh my! Don't Let's hear it. Come on, come on. Let's have it. Let's have it. M M&M and M cookies. Cookies with M and M. That's not that controversial. Slaps goes crazy. That's not that controversial, man. It's candy and a cookie. It's not that controversial. Sterling, Sterling, what did you you say? I just watch your mouth. (laughs) No, no, Nathan, please, man. What were you? Okay, listen. I've never had a white chocolate. I have more. I have more. That's what it's called. What what were you trying to say earlier? I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Some animal. (laughs) Now look, Sterling. His number. His number three and number one are the same cookie. No chance. Yeah. Oh, chocolate chip and M M&M. and M. Yeah. Come on now. Come on now. Oh you said oh, I'm not gonna so say my... double chocolate, and then you say a chocolate candy. And this is chocolate again. I demand another choice. I hate all of you. But if I have to pick something else, I would have to go with what my mom makes. She makes these cream cheese cookies, cream cheese chocolate. Whoa, chip. dude! I, it is. She makes them at Christmas time, and that's why around Christmas time I gain at least four hundred and twenty pounds. <laughs> um, yeah, that, that would be dangerous. Yeah, because she makes bags, dude, mm-hmm. bags, and she freezes them for later. And so January, February, March, April, May, I'm still taking cream cheese cookies, and then. When preseason comes around, I'm still eating those. Crazy still taking. Mm-hmm. <laughs> because, That's a food you know, group, bro. Yeah. Oh, oh man, they're delicious. Number one, you guys can't relate, but it's my number one. You can't even argue either. That's fair. So, so you're I saying can't uh, about that. cream cheese, chocolate chip, white chocolate, macadamia nut, and uh, chocolate chip. Chocolate chip. Plain and simple. Azu, go on, Azu. Azu, go on. Listen, listen, bro. Seriously, don't say no dumb cookie. No, no, no. Seriously, bro. Listen, you guys are gonna go raisin bran. Don't <laughs> ever disrespect me like that again. <laughs> don't ever raisin bran. That is literally they don't make for cookies people above the age of 100. Anyways, <laughs> now see, this is dangerous. It is. Know, I'm, I'm, I, I consider myself a picky eater. You know what I'm saying? And you not every yourself? cookie. Yeah. Weird flex. 
Okay. Not every cookie <laughs> is elite like that. You know what I'm saying? Now, take like okay, understand. Mine is going to be different from yours because I don't like chocolates. All right, let's just get out out out. out we knew, we know this. Like we know this. Yeah. Okay. Now, I can, however, go with some white chocolate, and that's why these cookies right here go stupid, go crazy. I'm gonna put these at number three. These snickerdoodle white chocolate chip chai. Your girlfriend is gonna be so my- mad at you. Now look, my top three <laughs> list is a serious list. So the fact that these hit top three is already showing how elite they are. All right, all right, you know all right. Now, one thing I do really like is cinnamon. You know what I'm saying? Oh. So ginger snap cookies, get off me. No, true. Seriously? Freshly made ginger get snap off. cookies are crazy. Those, but but they gotta be stupid. they gotta be soft though, right? They, they gotta be soft. soft. Yeah, if, soft. if you're biting into a, a piece of cinder block, I I'm not about that. No concrete, please. And no. thank you. <laughs> um, <laughs> number one spot is gonna have to be peanut butter cookies, bro. I'm serious. Like, look, 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 oh, look. This guy just stole my whole top three nearly. I'm just saying, man. I didn't. I didn't even think about absolutely peanut butter. stupid. Okay, I'm switching peanut butter and chocolate chip. I thought I was going to be the smart <laughs> one saying peanut butter, bro. <laughs> peanut butter. Bro, those peanut ones we make every Christmas. So, yeah. Those three. Dude, I don't know why Christmas time is just is a bake-off in my house. But peanut mm. butter, you know, there's 50 different cookies flying everywhere. But... In every room in my house. Yeah. The bathroom. Cookies. <laughs> like, Shower. <laughs> Shower. The furnace room. Outside my house. <laughs> okay, Sterling, go ahead. Before I say my top three, I'm, I am I want to put some more respect on the oatmeal raisin. I'm not putting in my top three. No, there is respect. Put some, you got to put some more respect on oatmeal raisin. Yeah. The soft oatmeal raisin is nice. Yeah, okay. Subway's I'll, oatmeal I'll, raisin I'll it, slaps. It's, it's, it's not bad. It's not bad. Can't even yeah. lie. Yeah. That's probably my number like four or five, somewhere in there. Okay. Take number one for Holy sure crap. is peanut butter. Number one for sure is peanut butter. Yeah. I make mm-hmm. that like whenever we're finished exams, I always make like a batch of peanut butter cookies. Oh, okay. Number two. <laughs> okay. two number two, ginger snaps. Wait, why? Ginger snaps. Okay. Why? Wait, 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 wait. Can we go back? Why <laughs> why do you make peanut butter cookies after exams? Why is that a thing? Because you're craving like something sweet, you know? So the peanut butter cookies is always the thing I go to. But wait, they're wait easy, why they're does it have to be after food. exams? I don't know. I just, I just do it. <laughs> okay. Just, you guys just not like make things tradition. after exams, or no? Never. I yeah, go. Yeah. I go to. The I don't know if bag. it's like after exams specifically. After exams. It's not like it's not like I do it every time, but I, I just find myself making it like around exams sometimes. Is something wrong with that? No, he's good. a baker. Okay. 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 Number two, ginger snaps. I have a family friend who has an unreal recipe that we use every year. Mm. Um, and then number three, I gotta go with the white chocolate macadamia nut. All three of my choices were taken, but they're not taken. They're shared. Listen, they're Whatever. shared. Cookies are for sharing. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. I'm I'm happy none of you guys is is an Oreo a cookie? Would you guys put an Oreo in the in the category of a cookie or what would it's that a be? cookie? But it, it's a store bought cookie should be kept separate. Yep, they're completely yeah. different from baked at home cookies. Yes. 
Big I mean, Oreos are like the better. only store-bought cookie worth buying. I would argue. Mm, debatable. Debatable for many reasons. What else? Because it also depends on what cookies. Oreo you get, bro. Dude, white chocolate-covered Oreos? Uh. What's the Oreos that we got in uh, when we were in dorms? Ooh, something like really ones? good. The, they were like blue? golden or something. No, golden, blue? golden, golden. They weren't gold. Were they like uh what blue? Were they like <laughs> strawberry shortcake or something? No, 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 no. No, they were, like they were uh oh they were cinnamon. Oh yeah, yeah, yes, yeah, yeah, were. yeah, yeah, yeah. Those were good. Those are good. Those, those were crap. Dude, it felt like I had 14 blocks of those little sugar things that you see at like a fancy party to put in your coffee. Mm-hmm. They're called Bro. sugar cubes. You know what? Those are nice. Shut up. They're like sugar blocks. <laughs> Sugar blocks. <laughs> Sugar cubes. Look at this guy. So sophisticated. <sighs> Just the actual name for them, but okay. <laughs> I'm sure nobody's going to appreciate the sounds that just came in my mouth going into their ears. Oh, but man. I'm glad we're here. We spent a long, long time with cookies, and that's okay. Because, you know, at the end of the day, we do what we want. <laughs> <laughs> moving on um the reason we got everybody here to get oh. Oh. the reason why we got everybody here today <laughs> is for black history month and that is going on right now uh and <laughs> i was like dying because i can't speak but uh, oh, we we are here because of black history month and I think it's a very important topic to cover. And I think if we, you know, the way we operate as a podcast, if we were to not touch on this topic, we'd be kind of like hypocrites almost, you know, I, f- I that's what I feel like anyways. But um, so I'm happy that we're doing this. Uh, we brought Azu along because, you know, it's Azu. Why not? It's a fun ride whenever he's on the podcast. Good uh, morning. <laughs> that's enough. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so I'm happy you guys are tuning in. Um, if you listen to that whole first spiel, or if you fast forwarded it, but I don't. I like I'm about to just. I'm just about to mute my mic and just sit in the corner and cry. <laughs> okay, at least gonna have to become the the rising rain man. But we will. We'll, Let's just take a deep breath here. Okay. This is what editing does. <laughs> well, I don't know what's going on. <laughs> uh, okay, but so here's the structure to this episode. We're going to we're going to talk about uh Black History Month and we're going to talk about the Black Lives Matter movement and then we're going to talk about uh you know ways we can improve as individuals to make that change and then we're going to talk about historical figures um that, you know, has had a huge impact on um the black community and people as a whole um and just before we get started i think me and we me azu and sterling were having a conversation before we started recording and um uh we were we just wanted to make it clear that you know we're not we didn't bring azu along to just like single him out we we brought azu along because he has a very unique perspective and he obviously has a perspective that you know that me and sterling can't relate to um but it's not at all anywhere where we you know we're trying to pull these answers out of azu and like 
you know, it's Black History Month. Tell us why it's so important, you know, because, you know, I think uh, Black History Month has a very concrete and a very strong um, reason behind it. And I think it should mean the, the same to all of us. So that being said, the first, I guess, question, just to open up the Fords, uh, as we were still, you can answer first. doesn't really matter. Um, but why does, what does Black History Month mean to you? What do you think it means? Um, and why do you think it's important? You want to go first, Sazu? Me? Okay. You can go first. Um, yeah, I think, um, like, to me, at least, um, Black History has just been something that's kind of been zoomed over, I guess, um, in past years. It's just sort of the thing that you see, like, sports teams honoring, or you just see, like, a few commercials on TV about it, or you see some posts on social media or whatever. But um, to me, it's taken on a little bit of a different tone this year, and I, I think a lot of that comes down to the power behind the Black Lives Movement and um, all the things that have been happening recently, especially in the States. Um, so I think I, it, it's been something really interesting for me this year because I've tried to be a little more educated. I've tried to be a little more um, open with what I'm learning during this time about different cultures, because I think that's very important for us. Um, and I think just diversity and inclusion has been a topic that's been very um, in the forefront for us recently, I guess. Um, it's been a focus of our soccer team, which has actually been very beneficial to me in terms of desiring to go out and learn learn more and um, listen to other people's opinions and stuff like that. So to me, yeah, it, it's, it's good because it's good to know about other cultures, just period, in the first place. It doesn't have to be just in February learning about Black history. But I think it's important that we're educated about cultures that are around us every day so that we can learn from those people more effectively every day because everyone has a certain thing to share and what they have to share is largely dependent on their cultural background. So yeah, no, it's, it's been really cool for me this year. Cool. As you. Uh, very well put. Sterling. Why? Thank you. That's um, why they pay me the big bucks. Nobody pays you anything. <laughs> no one is paying you any. Money. Um, but yeah, so yeah. Black history month. Uh, I think it, well, the way Sterling actually put it, uh, was saying like, you know, it's not just like February that you need to like, where you can go and like learn about other cultures and so on. Uh, it kind of reminded me of like, I remember I saw like an interview of, I think it was like LeBron James. And he was like saying he was being asked about black history month as well. And he said something along the lines of, uh, you know, for his family, you know, black history is every day, every, every month of every year, 365. And I was thinking that is a, that is really interesting, but it's also, not the same reality for a lot of other people. Um, of course, uh, for many Black people, that is the case. Um, but, you know, someone that is not, it, someone that's in an environment that is not really, uh, you know, not really involved with learning about other cultures and stuff. I think having a, a time like Black History Month is almost like a reminder that, or like a encouragement in a way that you can go and, you know, learn about black history and understand other people's perspectives. And um, yeah, just kind of learn about uh, 
a different lifestyle essentially so because of that i think that's what i think it means um in general because <clears throat> even though there's a lot of you know people that understand that like you know knowing about black history is a something that you have all the time for a lot of different people there's also the other side of people that um you know don't know anything about it and don't know anything about black history or black culture and so on like that so i think black history month is just a good kind of like yeah essentially like a reminder and encouragement to go and seek knowledge about black history and so on so well said my friends um yeah for me i think i agree with both of you in a sense that it's very important that because it it it, it emphasizes uh, the importance of learning and being able to uh go out of your way to learn about you know history um and you know everything that's happened in the past uh and i think it's it's shifting to a way now like we're learning what's happened in the past so we can be able to kind of influence our perspectives in a way that is um in a way that that kind of changes our our behavior if you know what i mean like so we we see that how they how you know black people were treated in the past and you know some of the things that black people have accomplished and how amazing it is um and you know i think a big thing that i've been thinking about recently is you know unconscious bias um and it's just something where you know like you you do you say things without thinking about it and you don't really you know, you don't think about the other person's feelings. You don't think about, you know, the impact of your words or your actions has on another person, right? And although those things, um, you're not trying, although you're not trying to harm that other person, um, it can still happen, right? So it's just kind of becoming more aware of, you know, who you are and the impact you have on other people and how you should be behaving um, in the outside world, especially in these, in this kind of time where, you know, this stuff is becoming uh, it's, it's enough, you know, all this negative uh, connotation around race and, and um, black people, it's like, that's, it's enough. Right. And so um, just kind of taking the time, to understand why there is such a big emphasis on it and why it's important to educate yourself and um, being able to take those whys and turning it into a change in your own behavior. Um, But yeah, so I think Black History Month is very, very important. And if you guys uh, listening have not taken the time to kind of educate yourself and read about go it go out and teach yourself literally like there's there's no excuse anymore i think um if if you aren't doing it i think it's deliberate and i'm not trying to make you feel bad but i think it's you know like there's a point where you have to become a person that's willing to fight for change you know and i'm not i'm not at all trying to be like that tough love person but you know i think for action to happen and for change to happen, everybody has to be willing to take that step. And if you're not 
if you're not trying to educate yourself or trying to, you know, improve the situation in any way, you know, like, I think you're deliberately not trying to. Yeah. And, uh, one interesting thing about that is like for a long time, um, I guess like the black lives matter type of movements, like big social justice movements around race in the past have been largely based around like a small group of people trying to impact huge societal change. And I think there's now a shift going on where for change to happen, because that societal changes has happened in most scenarios um, for us to keep moving towards complete inclusion and complete um, equality is for individuals to take it personally and make those incremental steps themselves instead of a small group of people trying to make change, if that makes sense. Yeah. So for that to happen, education has to be a huge piece in that, right? So it, it comes down to individuals having to um, find a desire to learn more about culture and find a desire to listen to people who have stories to tell and find ways to break down barriers that, um, that hurt movements like this, right? So I think that's, that's definitely a huge piece in this yeah agreed as is nodding i think he agrees i am i agree with you as well um so you started mentioning the black lives matter movement and i know we kind of want to talk about that um and you know it's been how long has it been happening for exactly now since I'm sure it's been happening longer than um, it's been in the media. So yeah, for sure. sure. It's been years now. So yeah. Yeah. Um, You're right. Yeah. Uh, I I guess I was just referring to like when, um, since George Floyd uh, was murdered. But, and I think I don't, yeah. Like I I don't necessarily know what um, questions to ask. I think, it's uh it's important thing to talk about and to always be talking about i don't think it's ever a conversation that should be happening once and then just like moving on i think i think that's happened too many times already where you know like that blackout tuesday you know a bunch of people were like all right i'll post like a black like the blackout picture and move on with my life but like you know it's just it, it comes to a point where it's like does that stuff have any meaning? You know, like I, I think voicing and being able to, to, you know, follow along with what people are doing is good. But I think, is that actually going to make change? I think I, like, I, I just, when that happened, I think, I guess we can talk about that a little bit and what you guys thought about blackout Tuesday. For me, I understood the message behind it, but but it was almost like, you know, like, is this going to, is this actually going to change anything? I do like, and I know that's very, it's been, that topic is very uh, debatable and it's been very, what's the word? Um, controversial because people will come out and say like, oh, you know, this, it doesn't make sense. You know, they've been attacked because it's like, um, but it's, it's like a movement and, you know, it's just like, just do it because, you know, and. I, I don't know. I want to. I want to hear your guys's perspective on that because I feel as though um, actions like that, um, 
they do create a message, but I don't know if that message is actually going to change anything. You know what I mean? And yeah. Um, I just, yeah. I just want to hear you guys' opinions about that. I think it was interesting, but uh, so I think it's similar to kind of what Sterling said around like um, how the whole like black lives matter movement has been going on for probably longer than the media realized it um it's true it's definitely true that's that's definitely a factual statement because it's that's definitely true it's been going on for who knows how long um but i think the fact that it was picked up by the media in recent times uh even though it's it wasn't really brought up through like a positive way or anything like that it was kind of through more death and more struggle in like the black community uh and then especially in america um but it was still picked up by the media which is has to be looked at as a positive light because um it's 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 essentially informing people that this is going on and when that happens um you're essentially teaching people like we've been saying, you know, go out and learn about, uh, you know, different cultures and different perspectives. That's essentially what it, what is what it's doing. It's, it's telling people and informing people that there is people struggling out there um, through this kind of uh, this, this, uh, this, this struggle. So uh, I think that was a positive light that it was brought to the attention of the media. And then when it comes to this, um, when it comes to this idea of this, like, uh, you know, blackout Tuesday thing and stuff like that, it's good and bad because, uh, it's good because it shows that people are at least, I want to say showing some interest. It's very minimal interest, but it's at least some interest into becoming informed and understanding the situation yeah that's true the bad side of it is it is the bare minimal and once that happens people feel like you know once it when it's easy for people to do then everyone's gonna do it so it's like once they do that like you said like once they post that picture then it's like okay and i just get back to my normal life but it should be realized um, that it's like you know it's not just post a picture of a black screen and you're you solved racism you know what I mean like it's it's obviously a lot deeper than that so like you know it's good that you've gone out of your way to show some interest in the idea of you know black lives matter but at the same time what are you what are you doing to try and change the way society is structured around this topic and if you if you if if you think posting a black screen is changing anything, it's not necessarily changing anything, but it's a start. So that's where it's good. But it's what you follow up with, which is actually where you'll be seeing more, uh, you know, a positive uh, change. Yeah, I guess you could say. And I think so, I th- I think that can go further too, like even just the reposting on your Instagram story, it's the exact same thing, you know, like you can repost as much as you want, you know? Yeah. 
But at the end of the day, it's like you repost. And if you don't follow up with your actions or you're not educating or you're not trying to change um, your mentality to avoid, like what I was saying before, avoid that unconscious bias as a human, like you, like what's the, what's the point of you showing that you have read it? Exactly. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And um, like that, that whole argument of, just posting the black tile on your social media and then doing nothing about it. That uh, it's sort of like tokenism, which is something I learned about quite recently, which is basically you're incorporating another, um, like you're, you're giving the appearance of being diverse simply to show people that you're a diverse person instead of actually, um, changing your lifestyle or changing your thinking or changing your uh, biases based on that culture, if that makes sense. Exactly. So that that's completely what that black tile was, right? And there and um I think it's important to outline that there were other things around Blackout Tuesday that were encouraged. Like I think um was it like black artists were were you we supposed to play black artists only mm-hmm. for that day? And then yeah. um you were supposed to shop black business and stuff like that. So I think it's important to to realize that there were deeper more engaging things going on on that day um that people should have been taking part in if you're going to post that black tile on your instagram if that makes sense right to avoid that sort of tokenism you have to actually take action you got to do something personal with it um instead of just giving the appearance because if you're just doing that then um you're not solving the problem right It's, it's, it's as simple as that that's the biggest answer i think when when you say do something personal with it i think that is the biggest thing we can do if we take this information that we learn and actually personalize it and and kind of and you know it's different for everybody right but use that everything you're learning and and personalize it to a point where it's like i understand this situation and i understand how i can change or how I can improve it. Right. And I'm not, I, and when I say improve it, I'm not saying like, you're going to go out and like, you know, become this motivational speaker and and like speak to the world and things like, I'm not saying big scale things, but like when you change your heart and the age where we're at, you know, not a lot of our friends have children, but like if we're able to teach ourselves these things, our children are going to automatically like we're going to teach our children those things. You know what I mean? And then that's when it spreads. It's not like a short term, like, Oh, I've learned these things and I know how to make a change. Now I'm going to like become the president of the world kind of thing. You know, (laughs) you know what I mean? It's, it's more like personal and how can you affect the people that are around you that are closest to you, people that you come across um, daily, you know? And I think that, is an important thing to to notice when we are approaching this black lives matter topic because you know this these black tiles um and the social media is can be very destructive because it can it can basically what you can do is make an image for yourself you know what i mean an image that you want other people to see but if you were to sit down with with a person who's just you know posting those things to look like they're being inclusive you know 
if you sat down with them and had this conversation and like, okay, so what are you doing? You know, like what they're not going to give you, going to be able to give you an answer. They're going to be caught lacking. Yeah, exactly. Right. And so I think for the people listening, like just, just know that if, if you are personalizing it and you're doing everything you can to better yourself in this scenario, I think that's what we need to do. I don't think there's a whole lot of other answers to it. You know, like I don't think there's other ways to be able to approach this situation. I think it's a very straightforward and straight cut scenario, you know? Mm-hmm. And here's, here's something I want to say because the whole like social media, like influencer sort of thing where you're just, regurgitating um posts about black lives matter you're regurgitating posts about police brutality and all that sort of stuff like that that's fine if you're just putting that on your story but um like it's good to be amplifying that message don't get me wrong and a big part of what i've done in educating myself is following some high quality um like cultural culturally diverse media pages that can help me learn a little bit more and um learn a little bit and and listen to other cultures and what they have to say. But I think the, the, the important thing here is like, it's, it's easy to say, okay, we have to educate ourselves. Like that's, that's such a broad thing to say and such an easy thing to say. And we can feel like we're educating ourselves when we just read an article or we read a social media post, but it's, it's what you're doing. That's important. Right? So a, a big thing for me is realizing where my biases are and where they have been uh, even unconsciously and, identifying those because if you can realize um the reasoning behind how you're thinking and how those things are destructive to learning about different cultures and educating yourself and being able to listen to other cultures freely without any resistance inside your mind it's crucial to know what's going on inside your head so it's it's not an easy process to go through that for a lot of people right because it's um it's breaking down things that you've just been living with your whole life So I'd really encourage people when you're educating yourself, which is great. If you're doing that in the first place, step in the right direction. Good job. But when you're educating yourself, um, whenever you read something and there's like some friction in your head and you're like, I don't, I don't like that as much. um, Really try and understand why that is. Is there something that you've learned in your families or something that you've learned in your extended families or something you've learned in your schools? Is there something you've learned? I don't know anywhere. In, in culture anywhere is there something that's damaging um your perspective to the point where you can't accept fully different arguments and different ideas because if that's the case you have to break down those barriers before you can fully understand and fully be able to listen to different viewpoints so it's great to educate yourself but don't do it at a shallow level really challenge yourself to take it as deep as you can yeah i have a question um, Azu hasn't spoken in a while, so I'll, I'll ask it to you. Um, I think I think a big argument that people have been using um, for this Black Lives Matter movement um, is, oh, you shouldn't say that. You should say all lives matter. You know, and that's still happening. People are still saying it. Um, to me, it's unbelievable that, and there's no reason. For somebody to be arguing that but um 
as what what is your opinion and what like what would if somebody asked you told you that to your face right now what would be your response to that uh <laughs> i think i i, I want to be respect as respectful as possible i don't think it's a I don't necessarily think it's a bad thing to say all lives matter, but I think it's bad because it's usually said in retaliation to people saying black lives matter. And I don't really understand why that is. Um, in my, my response is what I, one that I've heard multiple times from many different people, which would be that we know that all lives matter, but that's not what, we're trying to you know portray here when we say black lives matter we're not saying black lives are the only lives that matter we just want it to be known that black lives matter because there are people out there who think that black lives don't matter so that's why we're trying to emphasize it we're trying to emphasize specifically black lives because it, it, it's a it's it's a topic that needs to be known when someone says all lives matter it's like it's like someone's telling you information that is obvious to everybody already yeah so it's like what's the point of telling me that you know what i mean they're saying in the sense of i don't know what they're trying i don't know what they're trying to do are, are they trying to uh, teach you something or whatever i don't know what it is but it's not bringing any new information to anybody ever. So it's like, it's as much as, as respectful as I'm trying to be here, it's, it's really pointless information to try to get across to anybody. Um, yeah. So it, it doesn't necessarily need to be said. That's, that's what I would say, I guess. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I, I, th I think there's a, there's a couple interesting points about that in terms of why people react with saying, Oh, all lives matter. Um, so the first one I want to say, like in the last sort of spiel I had, I talked about um, feeling friction when you're confronted with new information. And when you feel that friction, it comes down to there's something inside of you that is um, that's anti whatever is you're, you're confronted with. Right. So when people react right away with oh, all lives matter, like in an angry sort of um, like a jab sort of way. Right. I think it's because they feel that sort of friction inside themselves. They feel that sort of thing inside that's saying, well, hold on. That's not what we believe. That's not what, how we've always thought. So let, we, we got to fight back against this. This isn't right. Yeah. So I, I think that's just that, that automatic reaction. So um, if, if your first reaction is to say something like all lives matter, again, I would encourage you educate yourself at a deeper level. Um, really take the time to listen to people who are, giving this opinion that is so hard for you to take in because it could be really beneficial to your growth as a person. Um, I did have a second thing to say about, about it. Oh yeah. I was going to say um, kind of what you said there as but like the end goal of the black lives matter movement is equality. So it's, it's such a stupid thing to say because when you say all lives matter, <laughs> that's saying that every culture is at an equal level. So the goal of the Black Lives Matter movement is equality. And you're saying that all lives should be equal. So you're, you, you get what I'm saying? Like, like it's, 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 it's not like an anti-point. They're not opposites. Yeah. So I, like you're if using, you're trying to... Yeah, 
Yeah, it's, it's weird. It's weird. It's weird. Like, you, you shouldn't counter Black Lives Matter with All Lives Matter. It just doesn't make sense. <laughs> yeah, it's like you're using it as a, uh, as a, yeah, like, as a counterpoint, but it it does does not fit in a counterpoint kind of sense. So it's like, you know what I mean? It's weird. It definitely is weird. But it's, I think it's also uh, just like how you said, uh, it's like a friction that you feel within yourself. It's also I feel like a lot of times it's also fear in a way because it's 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 it seems like you know human beings like naturally they fear what they don't know oh yeah and because of that it's like when they're they come across a situation that is unknown to them it's almost like they feel like they need to retaliate defensive feel defensive defensive yeah so because of that um that's why when you say like educate yourself on a deeper level it's really important that's a really important uh statement that you made because if you if you because of because of this fear to get rid of that fear you have to you have to know what's going on you have to educate yourself to understand what's going on so that you're not afraid to change how you think and change how you act and these unconscious biases that happen that yeah you know what i mean it's just something that has to be understood at a deeper level so that you if you could if you understand it within yourself then it'll be a lot easier for you to um act accordingly i guess yeah Yeah. i 100 percent agree with that sorry sterling i'm just gonna jump in here um yeah yeah go for it i think azu you said something earlier on i think that really catches the attention should catch people's attention um you know when we talk about black lives matter i think there's a lot of people that might not really like grasp the full meaning of that you know like people might kind of disregard the words that are said because of how you know it's all over social media but if you just like actually say it out loud and think about what you're saying black lives matter right and as you said you know we're we're doing this movement because people actually think that black lives don't matter you know and if, if you think you put your like and again personalize it imagine if somebody came up to you and said that your life doesn't matter you know because of because of something that has that there's no problem like that you haven't done anything wrong there's you there's nothing wrong with you you know you haven't committed a, but if somebody came up to you and said your life doesn't matter right you need i think what people need to do is be able to personal personalize it and actually understand the words that are being said black lives matter that should never be a problem and that should mm-hmm. never make somebody defensive but again because of the unconscious bias and because of the un, uh, because of not being educated right we become defensive and people people will say well actually all lives matter and that that means that everybody's equal and it's like but like look at reality right now can you say that 110 percent no 
So we need to put an emphasis on this scenario and the lives of black people because it is not, because that's not the case right now. Nobody can ever say all lives matter right now because it's not the case. Right. Mm -hmm. And so I, yeah, I just agree with all you guys. And I think the listeners, you guys really just grasp the, the words that are being said and really just like, think about it, you know? And and yeah, I feel like that will change your perspective. And I think an important thing to say, like in response to all this, um, talk about educating yourself and all this like feeling defensive and counterpoints to the Black Lives Matter movement is that when we're saying these things, it's not only talking to people that are anti Black Lives Matter movement, right? Like that, that defensive sort of feeling is, is something that I've even felt at points when I hear certain things, right? Like as a, as a white male, sometimes it's easy to feel defensive um, when, I don't, I don't know, when you're, when you're presented with a point where someone else is uh, confronting how they feel in society, if that makes sense. Um, so we all feel those defensive points sometimes, right? And there's nothing wrong with that. It's okay to feel those defensive points, but the important growth and the important um, aspects of education really arise when you can identify um, that defensiveness and then fight through it uh, and really find true growth so that you can truly listen um, to other points of view. Preach. I love that. Yeah. I think, I think this, you guys have all made uh, good points and I think, you know, if you guys are struggling with, you know, accepting this or, you know, like, because I'm half white, you know, and I, I definitely feel defensive at points because when people come at, come at me for like white privilege and all this stuff. And it's like, it drives me nuts. I'm not going to lie. Like, I don't, I don't want to have that privilege. You know, I want to be able to relate to the to people experiencing those things and it and it drives me nuts but that the point where you can accept it and be like okay you know i'm in this point where i have right privilege and you know i i haven't experienced the, the things that black people have experienced you know but at the end of the day nobody chose to be in the position that they're in you know we can choose how to act we can choose how to be behave. We can choose how to treat other people and we can choose to educate ourselves, you know? So really to get defensive at any point, it doesn't make sense. And I think to be able to accept that and accept the fact that you were in position, you have no choice, but to be who you are and who, and where society has put you, you have, you don't have a choice, but who, how can you act to just be a better you you know what i mean so i would say um question for both you guys how have you guys been impacting change in response to all the black lives matter movement stuff how has that process of education and impacting societal change look to you guys um well in my personal experience um you know, obviously, being a black male, I um, may have a different perspective than the than the both of you. 
Um, but, you know, I think also how we were talking about before we started recording of like, you know, how all of our, you know, perspectives are equally as important. Um, I think even me being a, being, you know, a black person, I think um, knowing the perspective of other black people is still uh, really significant to me and not even just black people, I think everybody. Um, so, you know, I think this, having this conversation with the both of you is really informative to obviously whoever's listening, but also to myself because, um, you know, just knowing what, you know, Black History Month means to you guys and what it means, this, like, what the movement, how, it's affect, how it has affected you both is, uh, is, uh, it's really eye-opening because, you know, just like the two of you, um, there are different perspectives out there. And of course, uh, I, like we've been saying to the listeners that we should, that they should go out and, you know, seek more knowledge about, you know, Black Lives Matter and, and Black history and, and so on. I think it's also important to, you know, even understand the perspectives of your own people, the people closest to you. There may, there may be different perspectives of people that are in your family. So I think un- understanding those perspectives uh, of other people that are even the people that are close to you uh, would, will really help you in the long run. And I think uh, towards me, I think that's what I've been trying to do a lot um, is, you know, understand the perspectives of, you know, different people of all different races, even not even just black, um, but everybody and seeing how, uh, I guess how they have been affected by the, uh, the movement and, you know, just like how they've been affected by, um, you know, black history and, and, uh, seeing what it means to them. I think that's what I've been trying to do just to really open my eyes to how people actually view the situation. So, yeah, that's really interesting because, um, like for (laughs) welcome back, Nathan for main society, (laughs) um, like in response to all this kind of, it's interesting because we can see like a lot of, um, the black culture in this scenario as being kind of passive. I know that's sort of like a general thing to say, but it can kind of feel like, um, it's non-black people educating themselves and the black people just sort of chilling there for now, but I, I, that, that's not how it, that's not how it should be at all. Right. Yeah. I think, um, like the end goal of all this personal growth and this personal change is to be able to understand and better listen to, um, the black culture. Right. So I think that's, that's really interesting that you're going around and seeking, um, non-black people's opinions in this time of black lives matter that's really cool yeah nathan thoughts um i think for me like i've been really like trying to just talk about it you know and just it'd be you know a common topic of conversation you know because the more you talk about it and like as he's saying the more you talk about it with the people that you don't know and where you don't know their perspective, you know, like the, 
the broader your view is going to get and the broader your education is going to get. And at the same time, if you come across um, an individual who isn't as well educated or, you know, doesn't have the same understanding, you know, as you do, then you can spread that awareness. You can spread that knowledge through conversation. And that actually just happened uh, with my brother not too long ago. And, uh, you know, he's a, he's a 12 year old kid. And uh, that means, you know, there's, there's things that he's not educated in yet. And which is fair, like, you know, he's not exposed to social media, like we are, he's not, you know, really living in, in that kind of environment yet, where, you know, that the Black Lives Matter movement is really prominent in his life. So it, it, it was one of those scenarios where he, he said, but why, why don't they just say all lives matter, you know? And for me, I think an important place that we need to come from is a place of understanding, you know, because to act out of anger in a scenario where, you know, you, whether the person's the same age as you or much younger or a family member or not, you know, we need to act with grace um, because if we don't act with grace, you know, especially when somebody's just asking a question, we're really kind of just acting out in violence. And I think that's the whole opposite of what this movement's for, mm-hmm. you know, and don't get me wrong. Like those people that are deliberately racist and, you know, act out to cause harm on black people and, and this movement, like they need to be there. There needs to be consequences because at this point, if you don't understand you know where it's going and you can't and if somebody's tried to educate you and you just like shut them out you know like that's 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 just to a point where you know you need to understand the consequences of that but uh in this scenario when my brother was just asking a question it was like it was like a realization that you know i have this knowledge and i have this understanding because i've chosen to educate and to talk to people about it that I'm able to teach teach him about it right and it was a very short conversation because I said you know like and I just said like that's a whole point you know all lives matter which means that you know all this stuff that's happening and that has happened to black people should not have happened and shouldn't be happening because all lives matter Right. And so we need to put an emphasis on this part because, you know, they're being treated as if all lives didn't matter, you know, and, and after that, he was, he was like, okay, he's on board, you know, and I think, so I, I think we need to be willing to be courageous in that and to have conversations with, and I'm not saying like, you, you need to go out and start like, talking to random people on the street uh, corona and uh you know <laughs> um but it's just like people you know maybe friends that you've never really had this conversation with and you want to hear like reaching out to hear perspectives consistently and not just talking to one or two people about it um is really important because you know you can be educated yourself you can educate others and the the biggest the the end goal is to basically make a team make the world a team right and a team is like a a group of people with a collective mindset you know 
and that's that's the goal and so if we're not deliberately trying to get people on board or to improve our team you know i think we're missing the point yeah i think that that makes a lot of sense and i think it's it's really good that you brought up how the goal is to be a collective and i think that it really speaks back to the idea of understanding people's perspectives because i think it's important that we understand each individual person's perspective to really know how we can get them to understand and get them to you know essentially be on board because um you know, you, I, I find it really interesting that you brought up the idea of like, you know, someone who is actually like a racist. I always think like, I, I remember I've had that kind of conversation with, oh my God, like I'm, I'm going to say every one of my uncles and aunts and my parents and my friends and my friends' parents. And, and I'm always like, what, what the hell is going on? Like, why, how can someone be racist? Like that doesn't even make sense to me. And Honestly, it's it's probably because I'm I'm not even I'm not I don't understand the perspective. You know what I mean? I think it's it's even though it's hard for me to go out and be like, you know, I want to try to understand somebody who's racist because automatically I want to be hostile towards that kind of person. That kind of person is showing hostility towards me. So I want to retaliate with the same energy, but it probably would make more sense which is again, like kind of what I've been saying, what I was saying with uh, towards Sterling's question of what I've been trying to do. I'm trying to understand, you know, a lot of different perspectives. Cause like, I think it's important that, you know, you really dissect someone's, you know, brain to understand why they think the way they think. And then maybe you can figure out what ways you can actually teach them or, you know, inform them or, uh, help them understand what the sit like the situation that's going on right now i think you know and of course like you said like you know when it comes to people who are very close-minded and their perspective is is not really logical but it's just the way it is it's a lot harder in that sense but i think it's also it's also just to me it's just considered a challenge it's not really like impossible in some cases, it may it may be impossible, but I want to think. I just want to think of it as it's an opportunity that to uh, it's an opportunity to really really try to understand what needs to be done to get this person to understand, whether that be in consequences or or whatnot. You know, a lot of the most hostile people are the people that are only spoken to by other two other people they're only spoken to in the sense of like hostility, you know, if someone like, I can imagine like if you're a white male and everyone's coming at your head, talking about, Oh, white males, oh, they got everything. And blah, blah, blah. you're going to be mad. You're going to be like, bro, what the hell? I'm just trying to live my life. And everyone's coming at my head for just being who I am. That might be, that might be a root of a problem. You know what I'm saying? I don't think everyone should be, you know, talking down on you know uh like like even like police i remember that was a conversation i had with somebody about how you know everyone was saying that time during the time of uh uh george floyd uh 
and that police officer and so on. There was a time where I knew everybody on my social media was talking about F the police. Uh, every policeman is, is an enemy and stuff like that. And I'm thinking, damn, if I'm like an actual, like, you know, average police officer, I'd be really touched right now because <laughs> like everybody is currently at my neck and they don't even understand, you know, my own perspective. That could be, it could be different from the other police officer over there. You know what I'm saying? So I think it's, I think it's really important that you, you know, that you, that you said that, you know, you have to, you know, come to an understanding and a collect, become a collective. To co- become that collective, I think you need to, to become a collective, we need to understand perspectives. Bars. Oh, that's class. Yeah. Bars. That's right. And so. I think, um, yeah, like it, it, w- the lessons we're learning from the, like this Black History Month and Black Lives Matter movement sort of stuff is, it's all a perspective shift just away from that defensive sort of hateful um, lashing out type of mindset to a more caring, forgiving, understanding, listening sort of mindset. Right. Mm -hmm. Uh, And when, when that change happens at a more broad level, that's when we'll be um, more inclusive of black culture and more inclusive of other cultures, like um, like indigenous cultures here in Canada or even Asian cultures in response to COVID and all this sort of stuff. So I think um, like society has come a long way, but in order for us to get to the next step, um, that individual perspective shift has to take place, right? So great points, guys. My one hour timer went off, so I reckon we should get into our last little segment here. Last Um, part. Go ahead. You want to introduce it or me? Me? Go ahead. Um, Yeah, so our little sort of ode to... Uh, Black History Month today oh, is going to be. Wait, 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 wait. What? Do you know what an ode is? An is? Ode. <laughs> As if you know what an ode is. Bro, I'm just letting him speak. I guarantee. I'll dude, what, like is the, what is the first thing that pops in your mind when he said ode? A donut. <laughs> <laughs> I started uh... thinking about ores, man. I'm like, what, what, what does canoe have to do with this conversation? <laughs> what? <laughs> No. It's an or, bro. Oh, can you please just speak? Guy says, "My guy says Sterling introduced the topic, and then says, wait." And then the man says, "Oh, stupid." Oh. Okay, <laughs> we are you paying our respects. Level. We are, we are paying our respects to Black History Month today. Like <laughs> right. By each choosing um, a historical or current Black figure that has inspired us in some way, shape, or form. And telling you guys a little bit about them. Nathan, you want to go first? I will go first. You ode. You donut. I'm gonna look <laughs> it up or? because I, I know I use that the right <laughs> way. No, it's really, we're just not on your your level of intelligence. That's all we're it is. Not a sociology major. I'm kidding. I'm kidding, Sterling. I know it's he's touchy just... about that. <laughs> You're not a sociology it's a, major. A poem oh. in the form of an address to a particular subject. Where have you even learned this word? I knew that really. Just go on. Just go on. Just go on. Yeah, yeah, word, word. Okay. Uh, anyways, uh, mine is Carrie Best. Um, and just a side note, if you guys want to learn more about historical figures and you know, just more about Black History Month, uh, it's on the Canadian website, Canada.ca. 
and it just you know it, they have videos they have articles they have whatever you want to read about <clears throat> um i just sounded really hot <laughs> anyways um <laughs> i don't know Stanley, like, shut up um uh, so carrie best <laughs> uh carrie best was born on march 1st march 4th in 1903 in new glasgow nova nova scotia have you guys ever been to glasgow have not me neither Azu, have you been to glasgow nope <laughs> Nope. nope. Um, me neither. Um, yeah, so she was born there and she grew up with a family of, I, I think it was just her parents, it's saying here. Um, she married a man named Albert T. Best and had a son, J. Calbert Best. Um, and she became a foster mother to four four children. Um, anyway, so during the 1940s, so she was almost 40, around 40, almost 40. Um, <laughs> she was, she was at a, a theater in New Glasgow. That's a hard uh, town to say, but she was in a theater and, uh, she was sitting downstairs. And at that time there was sections for whites only. Um, and so she was sitting in whites only, um, and with her son. And uh, they they were charged with disturbing peace because they were sitting in that whites only section. Um, and I like, I guess after that, that just you know encouraged her to just do as much as she could as an individual. And she uh, she founded um, she founded the first very first black owned uh, Nova Scotia newspaper in 1952 and she had a radio show um and so basically you know like she took that situation and and flipped it over and said okay these people are treating me this way watch this you know and she just basically like blew up and uh wrote a newspaper and had a radio show um and later on in life she achieved uh, like the the list is endless um but she basically was awarded the Queen Elizabeth Medal in 1977. Um, wow. She uh, was awarded an honorary doctor of civil laws from the University of King's College in Halifax. Uh, she inducted into the Nova Scotia Black Wall of Fame in 1980, um, received the Harry Jerome Award in 1986. Uh I'm just trying to read through through these. Received the Nova Scotia Human Rights Commission Award in 1991, um, and you know there's many more. You guys can read it. Um, but yeah, she passed away in 2001. But I I just chose this woman because um, I think it's just a testament to how you know how possible it is for things to turn around and how possible it is to take a negative situation and take things that happened to you um, that you didn't deserve and to flip it on its head and make uh, the best life that you can for yourself. Um, and I think her intentions, even just the way, just the way it says she was a, became a foster mother of four children. 
you know it's like it, it, she was just a she was just a woman with a big heart you know and regardless of the things that happened to her she when when you when your intentions come from love and from joy whatever happens to you isn't going to affect that you know and clearly because of her intentions you know she became one of the most influential people in Canada and uh yeah i think <clears throat> i chose her because that story just means a lot and i think it's you can relate it to now <clears throat> because of the fact that like she took the situation and and how she was being treated and just turned it around and said you know what forget that i'm going to do what i want to do with my life and you know it's just inspirational go on azu okay uh that was a uh a very good option or choice nathan and actually <laughs> i actually know about uh know about that before so that was actually very informative but um awesome. my uh my person is uh uh my person is martin luther king um he, i think you know he's pretty pretty uh well-known whenever we're talking about, you know, Black Lives Matter and Black History Month because of uh, the things that he did during the Civil Rights Movement. But um, uh, I chose him just because he's, I've learned a lot about him uh, throughout university. I've been able to have the opportunity to write multiple, multiple papers on him um, for many different classes because um, I've been able to relate him to a lot of different situations. Uh, I think he's iconic because he's a leader uh he's very well spoken uh he's an he's a uh figure for a lot of he's a figure of hope for a lot of uh uh black people so i think it was a a choice that i had to pick because um yeah just being able to uh through the things that i've learned about him uh you know through white writing papers and so on um I've learned a lot about his like perspective. Um, and I think it's, it's one that, you know, is very unique because um, like I said earlier of how, you know, when people show, you know, a, some level of hostility towards you, you're going to want to retaliate with the same energy. I think, it's really it's really interesting from his perspective because that is like it's like the complete opposite of what he's what his like message is i think um how people uh you know would show that hostility towards him he would encourage people to seek a more peaceful reaction to um to you know the hostility that they receive which is you know not only would he be an example of this but like you know just being able to you know persuade people to actually follow that uh methodology is amazing in itself because imagine someone telling you the best way to deal with uh someone 
trying to do harm against you is to, you know, act peacefully towards them. It's, 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 it's crazy. Um, and I think it's, it's amazing that he was able to lead so many people because of how, of just because of how crazy that kind of ideology was. So I think, you know, um, it's a perspective that is still, I still think I can learn a lot more about it. Um, uh, cause it's, again, it's very unique, um, to say the least. So I won't go too far, but that's just who I picked. I think his perspective is very special. Um, so yeah. Love that. Cool. Uh, yeah, I'm going to wrap up by shouting out a couple sort of active black figures in the world right now that are, um, doing incredible things in terms of social change. Um, I think as soccer players, we have to pay a little extra attention to issues of race a lot of the time, because maybe not here, but over in Europe, especially the racial abuse that players face is unreasonable and ridiculous. Um, they're facing it week in, week out. You put in one bad performance and you have racists in your social media. It's insane. I can't imagine what those players go through. But uh, to give a little positive, I will shout out a couple guys who play on the English national team. One of them is Raheem Sterling. Um, naturally, he's been one of my favorite players for, I don't know why, for a long time. Is it because you guys have the same name? Oh, bro, that's totally it. I didn't <laughs> even realize. <laughs> this guy, oh my God. I want to but uh, no, I want I want to shout him out for a very specific reason because uh, Raheem Sterling was always a guy that was pretty quiet around social media as he sort of rose through the ranks and um, got to bigger and bigger teams and his skill level rose and rose. But once he became sort of superstar status and he was regular on the English national team, he found a voice for social change, and um, I find that really inspiring. So in the past year, he's launched a charity. Um, aimed at helping kids disadvantaged kids and youth gain social mobility it says here on sky sports um and that's quite similar to the other guy i want to shout out who is marcus rashford who also plays over in england and is on the english national team um and he is feeding thousands of kids school meals in the uk every week which is so cool to me uh he's probably going to be knighted here pretty soon if he's not, that's a crime against humanity. But both the guys, both these guys are incredible, incredible soccer players and incredible, incredible men um, who are doing all these things to better society and better the world around them, despite society kicking them in the teeth over and over again. You know what I mean? So yeah. these guys really, um, I think they they're so inspiring in that they kind of it they exude that sort of mindset that we said where they're positive despite everything that's going on around them. They're not defensive when things, uh, difficult things face them. Uh, they just keep going about their business and um, giving huge change to the world around them. So Raheem Sterling, Marcus Rashford, incredible dudes. Awesome. Sweet. Uh, thank you guys for listening. I think we're well over an hour here, but um, I think for good reason. Um, so again, if you guys want to learn more, uh, about historical fi figures, um, go to canada.ca and they have all that information on there. Um, and also about, you know, black history month. And if you guys want to learn what that is or learn more about that, go to that website. Um, 
also make sure you guys follow us on youtube it's just rising rain podcast subscribe uh like the videos the last forecast is hilarious and you guys want to give that a watch um yeah and follow us on instagram rising rain underscore podcast and tiktok still waiting to blow up um (laughs) don't know if it's gonna happen still waiting um but that's rising underscore rain underscore podcast um and yeah we always appreciate your guys's uh input and um we love you guys so enjoy the the rest of your week peace out bye